Signs of the Southland, Monday, June 13th, 2022. You know, guys, the NCAA Super Regionals for baseball, despite not including Georgia Tech, pretty good stuff. We saw Texas knock off ECU in just an absolutely feral ECU environment this weekend. Um, Arkansas walked off UNC. UConn has given Stanford a scare or, you know, our podcast favorite team, Stanford. Um, lots of lots of good, good games on the docket. And uh, most of the ACC teams have lost except the fake ACC Notre Dame. So there is that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a good weekend for it. Um, been uh, around the house in the afternoon yesterday uh, and, you know, just doing chores and stuff like that and, and i mean obviously i watched friday and saturday too but uh you know it, it, it made for an eventful sunday afternoon of sports and i feel like outside of maybe like obviously march madness weekend two and uh weekend one but uh outside of like nfl i don't really like lock into sports on sundays all that much despite being a big baseball guy i guess so you, you'd think i'd watch more sunday night baseball but it made for for good TV. I, I was, I was enthralled and, you know, folding laundry through all of that. Yeah. It, it's a whole deal and a whole very good deal, especially when squeeze plays on. And we kind of talked about squeeze play in seven innings last week and the week before in terms of tournament coverage, but they are, especially when they go to the quad box to cover all of the games, it's the good stuff right there. Yeah. So uh, it, it made for entertaining and I don't even, I don't even think it necessarily needed to be, you know, a quad box or tri box type situation to be locked in. Like even, even individual games, like, am I an ECU fan? No. Was I watching that whole game uh, with riveted intent until, well, I guess not so much Sunday because of the whole like all afternoon rain delay thing, but and also I mean, the uh, Texas leading eight one after the first inning thing. Yeah, that was that was also tough. But uh, yeah. but no, like like the Stanford UConn game was great. Auburn Oregon State was pretty good. Louisville Texas A and M that was a little more low scoring, but nonetheless still very exciting. So yeah, no, I don't know. I, I was at the point where I kind of wanted to see ACC teams win to like prove points, but then I kind of got where I was like, ah, screw it. <laughs> Who cares? Conference loyalties is bad. Yeah. The SEC chant is annoying and nothing more. Do not put stock into it. Mr. Purdy, what did you see from Super Regional Weekend that uh, that interested you? I watched that uh, that Texas game winning hit. What was that, Saturday? Whenever they won 9-8 or whatever. That was kind of sad at, at the point. I, oh, it was e depressing. E ECU's crowd was so cool. Like, just like they had people like just standing at the wall the, behind there there's more people there than are at an average oakland athletics game right now uh <laughs> like it's it was like hey this is cool like they, they're finally getting their moment like i i really enjoyed that i, yeah. I actually did watch i actually did watch sunday night baseball because it was the angels and i any excuse i can watch the angels at a reasonable time i do because when in the hell else am i gonna see mike trout play but tiny didn't play which is kind of sad we also found out that uh alex bregman won the infamous fantasy football league yeah. That uh, caused the slap of Jack Peterson, which is really funny. Like he, he, he started, the trout started talking about it. It was really cool. Yeah, that was, I was not as in tune on that this weekend just because it was kind of the end of it. I had it on well, it at various points, but squeeze play also makes it very easy to just kind of like, 
it, it's it's it, it you shouldn't watch that on background because then you really aren't gonna know what the hell's going on that <laughs> yeah much. that is fair so. it, it was tough watching squeeze play in a bar the previous weekend i will say like when we were just like out and about like on vacation kind of thing because it was like oh like i can't hear what they're saying they keep yeah. cutting between games like what's going on but, yeah, I, yeah, I'll just note the Stanford-UConn game happening now is a uniform catastrophe. UConn's wearing navy blue and Stanford's wearing black. That that's just should never happen. I will say I have the football version of that Stanford uniform sitting in my closet right now. So You have that black. It's not a okay, bad-looking uni, not going to lie, but... In, in my defense, I have two, two points of explanation. Number one, it's a Christian McCaffrey jersey. Okay, there you go. And he never wore – I don't think he ever actually wore the black one, which makes it even funnier. Um, number two, it has the white outline uh, around the numbers, which makes it much – there's much more contrast. That, um, yeah, yeah, it's just a much better be look. Yeah. But, While we're talking jerseys, I do have my brand-new Lorella Kubai jersey on that I bought. I might be the only one in the world that has one other than Lorella Kubai, so uh, – I hope other people buy her jersey eventually, but I'll be wearing it at the Gateway Center in a couple of weeks when they come down here. Yeah, she's I, she's been getting good minutes for she gets some minutes, Liberty. yeah. Although, except when I turn the game on, she's never playing. But uh, <laughs> Wait, that so said, which, why does she need to play? Sabrina UNESCO got, UNESCO got a triple double in three quarters. I'll I'll say a couple of days ago. So they're they got that level of talent on the floor right now. They don't really need Kubai as much as other teams maybe do. But yeah. looks like anyways. they're down here. The the 24th of 24th. June and yep. the 12th of August. Yep, I got my tickets for the June game. I imagine I'm going to go to the, that 12th game as well because it's not that expensive. But, uh, yeah. well, we had well, yeah, we did actually have a tech person do things this weekend. Should we talk about that? What a segue, Mr. Purdy. We did have a Georgia Tech person appear at NCAA Track and Field Championships, the final event of georgia tech's athletic calendar nicole fegan's race in the women's 5,000 meters this was at 7 25 p.m eastern time last what was that saturday saturday yeah um yep in uh eugene oregon at haywood field hayward haywood field i don't never gonna na- get the name right i'm never gonna learn it uh it's very stacked stacked field we talked a little bit about some of the contenders last week if you're interested in that preview despite the event already having happened go check that out from last week um vegans finished uh about 30 seconds off of her best time she posted a 1605 uh compared to her personal best of 1537 nc states caitlin to a won this Honestly, by a pretty wide margin over yep. Florida's, uh, over a runner from Florida, but Florida's second place finish in this clinched the women's track and field championship for them. I think it may have been the team championship, but I'm not entirely certain. But yeah, that is the final event of the NCAA calendar for Georgia Tech. Uh, 21-22 is now over. Before we get to our next segment, I want to kick it over to you, Jack. How I, I you were watching this with me, we we're chatting about it a little bit. Yeah, how did you feel like she did? Um, obviously, we read at the times it's not pretty that way. How do you feel that Nicole did? Um, and how do you feel the season went for her as a whole? 
I mean, the start of that race felt a lot similar to the one that I saw her run on campus for the Invitational, where she was like, she she wasn't really, I think she was, le- I forgot if she was leading or not here, but like definitely was pushing the pace though. Like she was holding fifth for about a lap or two there. So like, okay, this is kind of pretty similar, just run hard, just gonna have to see what happens. And then by about three quarters of that race, we've watched more commercials than camera time on Feekins, uh, which was sad, but I mean, also it's like a 15 minute race. They're going to put their commercials in there because it's ESPN. Uh, so I, she just fell back. She also fell back quickly was the thing. Like she was there and then she fell into like back of the pack of the first group and then was ninth. And then you just never saw her again on the feed. Uh, and then once they once the race was over, they weren't even showing the last of the finishers like an Olympic, like you would when you're watching the Olympics or something like that. So I don't know. I, it was also ideal running conditions. Like it was like sixties or whatever. It was not, there was no wind. It was overcast, so there was no sun. It and was like, it was sprinkling too. It sprink, uh, sprinkling a little bit, it's a little bit of moisture. Like there was no reason why, and like if, if you wanted to, be- there was no better running day that could have existed uh, for people that you know trying to go fast as well. So I, in that sense, I'm like that's kind of sucks. She went 1605, but then also makes me think, okay, if they're running in like Phoenix or whatever, like is this like a 1616 or something like that? Like I, yeah. So that makes me that makes me start wondering. I'll yeah, say. or yeah, it was 95 in Atlanta today. So like it makes you wonder, like, all right, how like did the was the plane ride a problem? Like what was her train? Like I this is questions I don't have the answers to right now, but that make me wonder if there was just something else lingering that was or or she just had a bad day. You never know. Um, but yeah, I I think I would have we all would have liked a little bit more at the end here, but I mean that the I do not want this to take away from the fact that Nicole is by far the best runner that tech has ever had on these either of these teams mm-hmm. so i we are super proud that she even made it to eugene and made a final yeah yeah and and jake you wrote the you wrote a book on her for today for a yellow jacket roundup what did what do you think of this and, and how would you wrap up track season as a whole yeah i uh i mean not gonna lie you you, you kind of hope that you know one of the greats goes out with a bang you know not not necessarily like wins or, or anything like that because nc state is to cross country and, and distance running what uh, I don't know Alabama is to football. They're just like really good, right? So your expectations have to be measured. But um, I mean, regardless, I don't I don't think this takes away at all from uh, from the incredible performance that she's had over five years, um, and that's one that extends beyond the track. So in cross country and track don't really get a fair shake, right? And and as the only media outlet that covers them, we are just as guilty of that as anyone else. But um, like, just not only on the track or on the cross country course, but uh, you know, just as like a, a known leader amongst athletes as well. Um, again, it doesn't diminish the extensive list of accolades um, that, that have come her way over the years. Off the top of my head, I think it's eight time uh, all ACC. Um, maybe it's, yeah, I think it's eight-time All-ACC, five-time All-American. Did you all not just write American. the bit on this? Yeah. Don't you have holder, these memorized? Record holder, work, it's record holder <laughs> in every distance event on the track. Uh, the key critical piece to women's cross-country undergoing a three-ish year-long renaissance, uh, a, a team that hadn't really done anything in, in 16 years, uh, became a top 20 NCAA team there for a, for a flash in the pan. Like that is, that is about as good of a career as you can ask of anyone, um, you know, uh, eight time conference finisher, uh, 
sorry, not conference finisher, all merit or all conference. We said, um, but uh, conference record holder in the in the 10K as well. So again, top to bottom, you can't ask for a better like impact than that, right? Yeah, like oh man, maybe I hope somebody wins a title or something like that. But you're you're asking for gravy after that. That's that's uh, the head and shoulders star of the program. Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, that will do it for Georgia Tech's 2021-2022 athletic year. The athletic year officially ends, what is it, July? No, June 31st? June 31st, not July 1st. All right, and, Whenever and the College World Series start. is done, basically? Basically. I think, I think the College World Series is the last event left across all i think that's the last thing there's already updated rosters for next season on ramblingrec.com so they're moving (sighs) on too uh as they move on so do we but not without giving out some silverware let's talk about some end of season awards we have picked out one two three four five six seven eight nine nine categories not around ten that's bad on us uh, nine categories. I got one for the end. It'll be all right. Oh, a surprise oh award. Yes. That's, that's exciting. Uh, and also scary as a podcast producer. Hey, um, hey, 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 you can edit it after, out. That's after 45 minutes or however long this is going to take of dude remembering. Like we're going to be in the zone by then. And we've already done 40 minutes of dude remembering to prepare for this. So, all right. Let's get into it. Let's start our end of season awards with best game. Mr. Jake Grant, will you read out our nominees? Yes. So um, we originally tried to each pick one uh, for all of these, but uh, then, you know, Ah. dude remembering happened and game remembering happened and that time when remembering happened. Uh, So uh, there's quite a lengthy list. Uh, we're going to be hashing through, uh, maybe getting to a unanimous one, maybe getting to one each and then talking from there to a unanimous. But in terms of nominees, uh, best game, uh, the UConn women's basketball game uh, for the uninitiated Georgia Tech uh, swamped UConn, uh, who was outpaid with was without Paige Beckers, of course, but um, still uh, the most prolific uh, game in, in the program's history. So you know, there, there's, there's that. Uh, and it's also uh, text highest home attendance, text highest uh, student attendance game as well. So really got the program out in front of a lot of people on national television on ESPN. Uh, in addition, we've got UGA softball. That was a 12 to three win in Athens midweek. Uh, Georgia Tech had not beat UGA in uh, many, many years is a good way to put that. This is, uh, how do we say, uh, definitely by a wide margin, the biggest win uh, over them in program history, Uh, a ranked team, a team that tech has really uh, struggled to get over the hump against uh, and, and has really been a kind of an anti-foil to the tech in the past uh, decade or so Uh, sticking with that theme. We had UGA baseball series. Uh, The Athenians were defeated by Georgia tech at home and on the road, uh, but uh, the home got our vote there. Uh, Georgia Southern baseball to close the season. Pit volleyball, um, much like women's basketball, that 3-2 win was the most uh, uh, important in in the program's history in terms of regular season wins. Uh, UNC football, uh, you know, we had to give football a bone and 
to be fair, legitimately great game. Uh, Penn State volleyball to open the season, Ohio State volleyball, the final win of the year. And then uh, John Medich's start to open the series against number three, Miami, round out the nominees. I know that was long-winded. I'm long-winded. You listened to this podcast. You knew that was a thing. All right, Pick has too much wind. Uh, Jack, let's start with you. We have our list of nominees what is your pick and how are you how are you looking at it yeah best game it's a mix of okay how well do we actually perform like in the game like like what it wasn't a like these aren't all these games here are not well okay the football game was absolutely a fluke win but the rest of these are not flukes whatsoever like this was very much they were statement games uh they set us up for later in the for later in these seasons as like okay this is who we've got this is we know how good we are now uh now, in the moment, I was at the UConn women's basketball game, and we were that was the first. I, I never thought I'd have the moment where I'm like, Am I about to storm the court? Is this really about to happen? Uh, only one person did, sadly, and they, they got tackled. I learned after the fact we could have afterwards if enough of us went. That said, they don't let you sit courtside for women's basketball games, so as students, so we didn't really have the throng that could have mm. really, really done it, sadly. But that said, in the moment, it was just like, Is this happening? Like no other game on this list where I would I think we would have said that tech football at the time was like it was still believable. Uh, UJ softball, baseball, there's enough randomness to where I think okay, yeah, it's it it can happen. Um, in the Ohio State volleyball game, we knew we were that good. Like that, I I I think getting getting to Louisville was the goal at that point. Um, I did not watch that Medich baseball game, so I don't have a comment on that one. But I, I mean, my I, vote is that this will UConn women's basketball game is one thousand percent my vote. Well, see, that has two things going for it. One, part of my French, that thing was a total ass kicking, and two, yes, ooh, um, don't it was, cuss. I have to edit this stuff. It was it was at home, and and I don't know what it is about being at a game live that strongly biases me. That it just doesn't hit. It doesn't hit the same when you watch a game on TV. It UGA doesn't. softball. It really doesn't. Run rule. It wasn't tense, right? UGA baseball, That I mean, that was a home game too, but a great win. Pitt volleyball, arguably just as program-wide important as UConn women's basketball. But Absolutely, absolutely. Like, like we were in the building for the women's basketball game, right? I, I, think, I, I think to be a little bit of a contrarian, I'd probably still say Pitt volleyball, but if we're picking one, it's got to be UConn women's basketball. We're not going to get to a consensus on anything other than that. And yeah, it, it deserves its time in the sun. I mean, we beat, I mean, we beat the all, like we beat the Titans. I mean, yeah, South Carolina was, yeah. is probably the best right now, but it's like, I mean, this is, be, this is like us beating Bama in football. Like, it's like, holy crap. We actually pulled it off. Normies knows what it means to, to have done yes. that, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, and also, and UConn had, I forgot her name, but a, like a Georgian there that drew a lot of UConn people. from in the- Alpharetta. That was the thing. They had someone from Alpharetta on their Winder, team. Winder. It was a, oh, it was it was a, a Winder. Winder. Okay, I'm thinking yeah. of Notre Dame that had someone from Alpharetta. Yeah, Notre Dame. Had, yeah, but so like, it was like not necessarily a pro-tech crowd either. Like in the end, it kind of was by the end, but it's just like, no, there was a lot of people. There was a lot of people. People are there to watch UConn. People are there to watch UConn as a brand. Not UConn as a team, they are but women's UConn for what they mean. Yeah, like it, it's Gino, it's Gino in the squad. Like, I mean, I went to Tech's Duke game in 2019, not because of the basketball, but because Coach K was there. I went to this game because Gino was there too. I mean, to support us as well. But I'm like, I don't know when I'll be in the same building as Gino Ariyama ever again in my life. I gotta be there. 
I was going to say, aren't you wearing a Lorella Kubai WNBA I jersey? Am. Like, I am. you were going to be at that basketball game, Jack. I was. But. I was. But, I mean, it's there. there there's, I want to acknowledge all, I mean, there's, there's a lot of sides of it. Like, I, as much as I am a pro tech homer, at the same time, I love the legacy of everything in sports enough to be like, okay, Gino was a contributing factor. Akshay, what did I tell you when we bought women's basketball season tickets? Uh, they'll be worth it at some point. They'll be worth it just for the women's basketball game against UConn. Okay, that is true. That is why I paid, let's see, uh, Cash Texas for men's, which got us a discount on women's, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Akshay, is that your pick too? I will agree with UConn women's basketball just so that we have consensus. I do not want the softball one to get lost, though. I, I think okay. that is – it's not a turning point per se in a season because we knew that softball was good. And I do admit that there's some randomness inherent to stickball results in general, but that kind of butt kicking delivered in an opposing stadium to a rival is unrivaled, not pun not intended uh, in just like lore and vibes there. There's nothing like that. And there's no like, there's nothing that brings me greater schadenfreude than that sort of thing. All right. I think that covers it. On to That's the next good. one. To vibes. We move on to best vibes moment. Mr. Purdy, will you read off our nominees unless Mr. Grant has something to introduce I, us with? I was going to say, this is Georgia Tech Sports' number one vibes-based podcast. So we've really been preparing for this one. I think we I think we did some good ones here. So we've got the the Jeff Sims 59-yard run during Mayhem at the Mayhem at Mercedes, which at the moment in the moment, my goodness, that we all Surprise. we all thought we were good. Still a stupid seconds. name for a series, by the way, but we're we're gonna step past that for now. Uh the home volleyball win against Western Kentucky uh, to get us into the sweet 16 of the tournament. And the team did the horse with us, which was super cool. Uh, and they all loved it. That made for some great social media fodder. Uh, this one, I put, I had, I, I, I put this one on here cause I, it was great in the moment, but a lot of my lots and it made a key layup with time expiring to save the Clemson win before that went into overtime. Uh, and at the time her, I mean, her layups I think are questionable at some points, but it was in the moment. It was like, Oh my goodness, we made a clutch bucket near the end of that regulation i just didn't think the team had it so that was great uh the cardiac jackets did a bunch of stuff including coming back in the, the home closer against georgia southern what was that 13 to 12 something crazy like that at the end uh, i sadly did not watch the end of that game even though i went to the beginning uh josh pastner i forgot which game it was but he broke his face shield on the ground just d- delightful delightful vibe moment uh and then those back to those games at stage or at stageman softball baseball when we won in athens and you could hear the Yellow Jackets chants on TV. Great time. So that's what we I'm got. I'm telling you, Schadenfreude is an incredible feeling. The, uh, there's a reason why I know that word in German specifically. We were <laughs> we were mid-podcast when the load of my lot and uh, layup happened. Yeah, just, we committed a rights record. violation for that one. I don't wow. think that's actually a rights violation. It's not, but, but I like the bit. That is a it is a good bit. It and was a great it was, it was a great moment. Of, People finally know that we did write a Heisman uh, hologram coach replacement article, but never. Uh, hold on, no, 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 no. We, there's no we. I wrote the article. I wrote the article. 
You just happened to include it in something else. I just appreciate that we've referenced it for more than three years now, but nobody has ever actually read it. So, you know, anyways, um, my, my bit for this, uh, I know that we're probably not going to go with this, but this podcast does not talk about football enough. That UNC game, that was, that was, that was good vibes. That, that, that was, was good vibes. The vibes were great. It was, it was, it, it, you know, at the very least, that is my favorite moment of the Jeff Collins era so far. Um, it was a great game. That run was incredible. Um, the, the fan turnout was a little bit small and a little bit disappointing, but I don't know. I had a, I had a nice little time. However, I think I'll go with Western Kentucky uh, as my vibes moment. I think in the moment of that UNC game, it was, we thought, we, we, we didn't know if the concept of playing a game at Mercedes was really a good idea. And mm-hmm. in the moment of like, still don't know, okay, by the way, we still don't know. Well, I mean, we haven't had the real test yet. I would say like you, we'd realized UNC was a, was a fraud. And so now we've got the national TV Clemson game this year, but for this, for this particular moment, it's like, okay, there might be something to playing in the big stadium and making it a home game. We had like our, it was our, it was our paint on the, on the ground and everything and just creating us an event of like a much more cohesive event out of our game, out of our games. And in the moment I think it was like, Holy crap, this is kind of paying off maybe just a little bit here. Um, also it's a great recruiting tool too. be like, Hey, you could have these moments here every year if you come here. Um, and so I think in the, I think the, it, the, the potential energy that came from that, from that run was critical. That said, also going to vote for Western Kentucky basketball because nothing's better than doing the horse with the actual teams. It's Western Kentucky. I don't really don't think there's an argument here. Uh, considering both of you said the same thing. Uh, I will that give... game was packed too, by the way, packed. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Electric. Yeah. Electric I, will... Factory. I love O'Keefe. I will allow some grace for the Jeff Sims and the, the football, the UNC football moment. Um, however, my personal feelings on the current state of the football program are affecting my judgment. And that is all I will say there. However, I will say also the, again, like I led this part with the schadenfreude of hearing yellow jackets in opposing stadiums and rival stadiums, especially does not ever get old. That is number three on my list. Okay. Okay. I got a comment here. Being in Louisville with Georgia Tech parents cheering yellow jackets and the emotional turmoil that that caused me not being able to join in for fear of getting, uh, how do we say, my parents would have made me walk back to the airport. That's how I'll put that. (laughs) How far? Okay, well, as a I was also wearing far, red. Oh my goodness, it was it was hard. Like we were under the landing pattern, so like, you know, maybe it would have worked out. But like, that was tough. Those softball parents were rowdy, and they brought the energy. So you know, good uh, good on them for you know supporting That's the cool. team and, cool. and all that good stuff. All right, let's move on to most impactful performance. I will read out the nominees for this one. Uh, your first nominee, Zach Maxwell's start versus Tennessee in the regional final for baseball. Uh, second is Josiah Siegel's long relief stint versus Campbell that got Georgia Tech to the regional final. Uh, John Medich's start versus Miami. We've already talked about that before. That is versus number three, Miami. Um, 
back-to-back wins over Athens and UConn in the same week. We already talked about the UConn game, but the Athens game was there as well. And Ben Reuter's ACC championship push that nearly, nearly won it for Georgia Tech. Mr. Grant, would you like to start with your most impactful performance? Yeah, sure. So I think there was two schools of thought that you could have taken with respect to uh, with respect to this. You could have seen it as a most impactful team performance, which I think perhaps the uh, the women's basketball UGA UConn Wombo combo uh, there is referencing. Totally legitimate. But I was really thinking about it when I was trying to get my nominees and and my thoughts together about an individual performance and. Uh, and, and it's ironic that both of the ones that kind of rang truest for me were individual performances. And, and I know it's recency bias to have three baseball uh, pitching related things because I don't know, it, there's just something about baseball and, and pitching and where, you know, you put the ball in your hands and you run like, like Connor Thomas, give us nine innings, win the baseball game 2019 style. Like that's what Zach Maxwell did against Tennessee. That was the performance all of us had been waiting years to see from him. That was incredible. It was incredible. However, I think Ben Reuter and the, and the golf team in general for a team that got top 15 in the country does not get enough play. Uh, I think uh, if that would have come up uh, as a win, easy number one, I'm between Ben and Zach. Uh, and if one of y'all feels strongly one way or the other, I could be convinced I'm leaning golf just because golf is head case sport, but uh, I think the significance of Zach Maxwell for him and his also long-term like draftability stock and things like that after a gutty performance against the best lineup in the country uh, definitely has, has its merits as well. So curious to see what y'all have to say. I think that part about him having to do it against Tennessee is huge. Like it's a real, that's really something to, pull out the best stuff you've got against literally the, like the barometer of how good college baseball is in a given season um, and against their best dudes. And it, it just, it just, and also just the best dudes in the Southeast too. Like that's not nothing either, regardless of the country. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think Zach, I mean, granted, I didn't, it's hard to, it, one performance is a lot to go off of. I mean, we also need to mention like the, the, uh, the killer bees on the volleyball team just, cohesively all at the same time just just wiping out teams left and right uh when they had the chance which which was matt i mean that kind of goes into the vibe territory a little bit in terms of just like what it was to be at those games but at the same time it set a precedent for what how good it was um and i i one particular game is hard to point out for the volleyball team i mean possibly the ohio state game actually and just kind of coming back on that one um even maybe the volleyball loss at the end of the year. Cause we still get us, we still got a set off of them, which I think mattered as well. But I think if we're going single performance, Zach Maxwell's is, is it for me. Yeah. And, and that's the tough thing about sports that happen longer, longer back. And, and I think what we see here is like, ah, how do I put this? It's like the individual aspect in a team sport, right? In that, it's hard. I, I think it's harder for a volleyball player to take over a match in the same way that specifically like a quarterback or a running back or um, a pitcher, like we said, um, maybe like if, if a basketball player is just, you know, a Mike DeVoe, like 
40 burger UGA demolition night. I, well, we didn't even have that on our list. Um, but no. you know, something like that, it, it just comes across different than like tennis where, yeah, you can help wins doubles, but you're just one singles court At, on volleyball. There are six athletes out there and the killer bees were so good or Awald and Calp were so good, but like they're only four at bats a game. It, well, I mean, great in the field too, but you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, I just don't know that like your team also has to be good here as well. And I think we only put things <laughs> yeah. of like, we had good teams here. Like that, that, that matters as well. It's just like, okay, did it actually get like, does it, did it matter in the grand scheme of things? Um, I, that's why there's no Jameer Gibbs things on here. Like that dude was half our offense, but we weren't good. So I just didn't feel like it mattered. Yeah. Actually, I am you- going to be, I'm going to be the contrarian here and I'm going to go, uh, Athens, UConn, back-to-back wins. Um, I think that, and we talked about this before we started recording, that sets the tone for the entire year, right? Yeah. That's the type of team that this is going to be. It's going to take teams like UConn to the to wire to wire. It's going to take top 15 teams wire to wire in, in Athens and, and really put, put the fear of God in them um, and win both of those, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, things um sort of stall out late in the year but when you set the table like this and go through at least 80 to 85 if not 90 percent of the year playing games with this gritty hard nose and and we talked about it as like this Iowa football type of basketball and you win games you grind out results um it's it's huge right if anything we've got two different awards here we've got most impactful performance and best individual showcase something like yeah. that like we've got like i think i think you're right in that in terms of impact and the grand scheme of things those two games probably did as much as anything for anyone on this campus for any team on this campus but in terms of all right this one little this spot here was the most let's say most exceptional performance put it that way most exceptional single game performance zach maxwell is pulled that's hard to beat i would yeah. also point out Aliyah loves 26 point games big uh and uh other crazy Bergman kill games and whatnot, but yeah. Yeah. See, the uh, thing is there's and, so and, many and, of those oh, Bergman games that it's hard to uh, pick one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There wasn't one where she like got 50 or anything like that. Wild card, wild card, ITA Southeastern's Andres Martin uh, winning the singles and uh, contributing to the doubles um, as tech goes one, two, three with uh, McDaniel and, and Martin winning, winning the doubles. Martin winning the singles and, and Keshav Chopra uh, winning the consolation bracket. So it's a good mention. Know, it's a good mention. It's at least worth shouting out. I, I feel like we could, we could, you know, churn them out all, all, all dude, night. Remember, but, uh, dude, dude and Dudette, remember for another three hours? It's better oh, than God. therapy. What was I going to say? Um, but I think, I think Maxwell should get the most exceptional individual. And, and I agree with the, the women's basketball back to back. You can't really do much finer than that. Okay. Good scheduling. Good scheduling. Good. Yeah. Great scheduling. That was a hell of a week. Yeah. Uh, moving right along, we just talked about impactful team performance performances. Excuse me. Let's talk about best team. We narrowed it down to two uh, out of the what seventeen programs that Georgia Tech offers. Uh, your two nominees here are Georgia Tech volleyball, uh, who made it to the Elite Eight and Georgia Tech golf who made it to the match play final or the stroke play final of the NCAA championships. Mr. Grant, volleyball 
or golf? We all know the answer. It's volleyball, but golf did deserve a mention here. They, they again, fly under the radar, but it, it's volleyball. It, Elite eight, best, arguably best season in program history. Um, all, everyone in that starting lineup could feasibly have their jersey retired if Tech didn't have such draconian jersey retirement rules. You know, like it, it's volleyball. It's not close. I don't have any complaints here, Mr. Purdy, do you? Yeah, I would say volleyball as well. I think we would have mentioned women's basketball if they won a tournament game. If they got to the Stanford game, we would have had a different discussion about that because yeah. that would have shown, okay, they were able to get off that late season snide um, and make it make a difference, especially after they won with 45 points against Wake Forest in the ACC tournament. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no. We Just were, a bizarre. It, it's going to be a talking point for years, at least amongst folk like us, Yeah. that how so, bizarre the end of that season was as a whole. I know that this spans uh, spans two different coaching staffs, but the late season swoon, it's happened more often than not in the last couple of years. We'll, we'll unbox that one in, in a future episode. But yeah, be there's, yeah. there's off-season pushing that one Pushing that one onto the back burner for, for, another, for another time. But it, it was definitely interesting to see a team that was so elite and so good. And usually think of, of a defense-based uh, success as something that's, you know, replicable. You're not relying on just every three-pointer shot to fall or whatnot, but that's a different article. Uh, it's a different podcast. Volleyball, really tremendous. I, 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 I know that it may not be the same next year, but man, was that special um, to watch it all so come good. together all at once. So good. Yeah. And they just beat teams into submission, right? <laughs> like, I, really I, I mean, it sounds bad to say, but they just, they, just absolutely murdered teams. They you, came, you came flying out of nowhere. It was just this very fast and fluid and not really physical per se. Like, I don't, I don't think volleyball is a concept of physicality, but it's just a very fast and fluid and, and cohesive brand yeah, of volleyball yeah. it felt that, that Collier and her, uh, Collier and her, and her team played. And it was just very, very impressive. Obviously they, they fall in that elite eight game and, and can't advance to the final four. But the fact that they took a set off of it was Louisville, right? It wasn't Pitt. They didn't get Pitt in that game. But no, they, they got Louisville and they had they got destroyed by Louisville when they came here too. Like that, that match just was not close. Um, and so getting a real set out of there and yeah. like being comp- and they were competitive in the other sets. They too. were it wasn't like they were like done for either. So like it was not a bad for a three one loss. It was a very good three one loss. And then. I think another factor that adds to this is that the, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about softball in a bit here, but uh, they, it was a statement year for the ACC in this sport, right? Yep. They put yep. two yep. final four teams. They put, yeah, two final four teams. They had like three or four elite eight teams. Well, um, tech is, or not tech, the ACC's only had one other final four team to this point, right? It was yeah, like FSU was State. the, I think it was FSU who had made the final four in like 2013. Yep. Right. And, so, wow. and that's, that's a crazy thing. Is is this team wins every ACC title before this year? They were they would have won every ACC title before this year. I'm convinced. That's how good the conference was. That they are probably the third best ACC team in history, and they are the third best team this year. It it was. Just they didn't beat the two teams that were in front of them is that what it came down to. No. And those teams were just really good, really, really historically good. 
And mm -hmm. well, it turns out ironically that neither of them advanced to the championship game. Well, freaking Nebraska. My God. How the hell did they do that? Ah, uh, the Midwest. It was a great championship game. I will say that. Was, I watched all of that. Yeah. It was enthralling. ESPN had broken their deal with YouTube TV for like three days. So, yeah, boy, I didn't watch that one, but I'm not salty. He's totally not. Let's move on to most improved team. I think we've all come to a consensus on this one, so I will spoil the beans. It is Georgia Tech softball. I think we came into this year, Jake and I specifically, we're talking about this being a, a contract year for Coach Eileen Morales, uh, given the last four or five years uh, of her tenure and where the team had gone. They, they got off to a good start uh, in the last couple of years, but it sort of hit a schneid. Um, had took a couple of really nasty losses last year. Um, did not start the ACC schedule well last year at all, too. And this year, they turned a corner. It, it turns out that adding another pitcher <laughs> actually – uh, adding another pitcher that is really good helps helps the team out a lot, right? It, it they, they made a monumental improvement in on the mound because they had another arm, another quality arm to pair with Nelliman, and they got a lot out of their out of the lower parts of their lineup this year, right? We saw Mallory Black make a huge improvement. Jinsaleo made a huge improvement in the field. Uh, Trisha Awald was as reliable as usual. Emma Kauf similarly similarly clearly consistent right so everyone contributed everyone you know everyone won and um they they made it back to the ncaa tournament right for the first time in a decade and they won a couple games so really really good season really really good team um mr purdy do you have anything else uh on the softball team that i did not i want to note this was also a historic year for the acc in terms of just how good it was as well so they yep. like volleyball fell victim to like well wrong year to be great uh by our standards uh and so i mean yeah put this in last year next year and we'll see how different i mean this team is young too like there's gonna be a lot of carryover going into next year so i i, I We'll be all right. I'm forgetting is 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 Nelman is Nelman gone or was was she still Nelman's here? Nelman's got oh, two years. I think two we years? only all noted right. that okay. four four starters, four regular starters were moving on. Um, okay, and I think that's fine. I mean, one that's fine too. Like we've got rotational. We've got depth. Like that that that's that's the great thing about it. Like we I mean we talked about this before. But like Auburn Dupree didn't play a lot of post the postseason, um, and it's not like I mean. I don't, I, that was that wasn't making or breaking it for us, but it's like okay, one of our reliable outfielders. Uh, she came in, she had a what, two for three day, but I mean, still, it's like okay, the depth is there, which wasn't there before, notably in the pitching staff. If by some miracle we get a third in the recruiting process, that'd be incredible because that makes your transfer whole weekend, portal, trans or transfer portal. Yeah, that makes your whole weekend kind of serviceable too, and you don't have to throw Blake for a gazillion pitch through for five hundred pitches a weekend or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, most improved is absolutely softball. For sure. So, yep. Mr. Grant, how about you introduce your your nominees for teams with most potential? Yes, I will say before we dive in that all three of these teams have interesting caveats. Uh, the teams being women's tennis, men's tennis, and men's swimming and diving. Jack, I know you have particularly uh, particular um, how do you say expertise interest. Uh, experienced with one of them uh what, oh, yes. what do you got on what do you got on swimming 
swimming swimming was great uh yeah at the end of the year we i got to talk with the whole team that made ncaa's um with a couple of the, couple of the other outlets and they oh, i forgot i forgot which guy one of the seniors was basically was like look at the rest of the table here there's two seniors and three freshmen or some two or three three or two whatever and he was like yeah this this program's ready to launch like it's got we've got freshmen that made ncaa's and with fifth year seniors so the recruiting is working the pipeline from turkey is working for one for sure uh yep. and has now reached a second iteration basically like that's something like it we, we, we had round one now we're at round two and it might actually work and these guys are still young they're still getting faster um granted men's swimming was ridiculously fast this year as well uh but yeah i think men's swimming absolutely with uh with Saka and a couple other guys is ready to do some work to get to especially be a much, far more competitive in the accs this year which another sport where we we're good this year, as good as we've ever been. Lots of program records, but also a crap ton of new records broken by the ACC standards. So, uh, yeah, no, they they are ready to launch for sure next year, and hopefully establish the much more a much better recruiting, I guess, pedigree. Considering Atlanta is also just a massive swimming island with a crap ton of talent at the younger levels. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that's fair. I think my hesitation there being being a guy who's maybe a bit of a uh, five-year-long uh, getting used to stretch uh, of Pampudis and Ferraro. It's, it's tough to see them go and say that, wow, yeah. like, you know, most potential. Um, to introduce the, the women and men's tennis teams, uh, the women, obviously, they, they had a great finish to the year in the individual and, and the doubles uh, draws. Um, they're a team that had to rebuild last year and really bounce back uh, in a way that I think was arguably stronger than probably what we would have expected given all that they lost. Um, and then men's tennis. Um, yeah, there's a theme, um, super talented, still kind of young. Um, and, and arguably is on there because despite being so talented and having all this potential, I don't really seem think we've seen them all line it up yet. So, um, you know, it, it's a team that, that does have the ability to, to do a lot more. If there's anything we saw from, you know, from, from Andres and, and Marcus's uh, individual accolades this year, there's, there's a lot that they can do there, even, even with what they've already got. So that's, I, I don't, ha I don't think there's a clear answer with this one. I will say uh, my vote here is for the women's tennis team. And especially because of what you mentioned about their success in the NCAA tournament draws, right? Not necessarily, maybe not necessarily the team competition, but the singles and doubles pairings. I mean, the only senior that's graduated or the only senior that's leaving or the only person that's leaving is Gia Cohen. And she didn't feature in either of these singles or doubles pairings. And that's not, that's not a slight on her per se, but these singles and, and doubles pairings that appeared at NCAAs were so good that they didn't like they're, they're, they're not seniors, right? They're doing this and they're, freshman or sophomore seasons they're going to be here for so long um so so long still and that's just a really good sign of a program that's not just rebuilding per se but it's reloading and it's developing that talent really well yeah i i think that's fair um i think i'd still probably put in for men's tennis as just because I think that they have such a high ceiling they haven't gotten to yet. Kind of, uh, kind of a la maybe softball of last year. I I don't know. I, I Jack 
do you have a strong lean here? You might, we might be split three ways here. I'm kind of on the tennis. I I mean, for as much as I had knew about the swimming, I kind of like the tennis front too. Cause also like the upside with Martin, with Andres Martin is, is, is large too. So in terms of being able to ride, to ride a guy, I think is impactful here um, and can give a center for a team to, to focus on. So I I would, I would go men's tennis. All right. I'm going to stick with my men's tennis then. Okay, let's move on to most improved athlete. I will read out your nominees. Jin Saleo, Georgia Tech softball. Mallory Black, also Georgia Tech softball. Aaron Moss, Georgia Tech volleyball. Rodney Howard, men's basketball. Andrew Jenkins, baseball. Keshav Chopra, men's tennis. Bianca Bertolino for volleyball. And Aliyah love for women's basketball. Mr. Purdy, let's start with you. What is your pick? I really liked Saleo a lot because she had the defense, but she found the bat this year. Um, far better two-way weapon. I really like Andrew Jenkins as well because, I mean, he's basically a Chipper Jones 2.0 because he doesn't play third base, but he's wearing 10. He's got the walk-up song, and he just hits bombs. Um, so very critical in terms of, keeping a very critical and just keeping the team alive and kind of being that secret. Oh yeah. We also have this guy behind Simpson and Parada to drive in runs. Uh, so in, in that sense, I think that's just, that's just so cool that he came up with that. Um, Ilya love had two career nights this, this season. She had a 20 pointer. And then like a couple weeks later had a 26 point game, which kept us in just kept us afloat through ACC play, which is huge. Uh, Berlino while he's a freshman definitely came a long way uh from the beginning of the season to the end in terms of being like okay you got to deal with her if you're trying to if you're trying to dig out some some blocks um picking one i i i i think i actually have to go with jenkins here honestly because that's just such a massive weapon in the cleanup spot and you've already had to face some just you've had to face a the text home run all-time leader also and then the batting and the, the hitting champ this year for the entire d1 level so i, I think all things considered, I really like Jenkins for this. Mr. Grant, how about you? Mm, yeah, uh, that was a name that I threw out there. Uh, I, I think uh, I think Aaliyah Love uh, definitely deserves uh, a mention just with the increased uh, increased slate uh, that she was asked to take on with the uh, you know departures, injuries, things like that. That uh, that the yeah, team she was not faced. supposed to be a starter this year. Yeah, um, you know this team succeeded for a great portion of the year ahead of schedule on a development. So uh, I think that is uh, at least a little bit of a shout out. Um, yeah, uh, I, I would, I think Jenkins is, is, is a good call, but I, I don't know. Aaron Moss, I, I think deserves a second look to Akshay. Where are you at with it? Uh I respect both of your opinions, but I also respect both of your rights to be wrong. Uh, it's Mallory Black. It's not even close. Uh, Auburn, she was not. Was Sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm interrupting. No, it's not even close. It's Mallory Black. She became a reliable bat in the lineup this year yeah. for Georgia Tech softball. Yeah. And her resurgence at the plate and her resurgence, it wasn't even a resurgence. It was a surgence. Surge. Right? She was hitting right at the Mendoza line, if not worse, for a bunch of last year. And I remember us having a conversation um, last year, Jake, about how maybe we should look into other options at third base. Like, is it 
worth it to have someone who can't really hit, who's not seeing the ball that well still in the lineup, especially when you get into the meat of the season and you want, and you're on this sort of losing kick, but you saw what happens when she finds, when, when she's able to find the ball and find the strike zone, right? She's hit, she was, I think, top five amongst Georgia Tech hitters. I don't have the stats in front of me right now. Um, and she was always reliable in the field, right? So it's, it, I don't think it's even close. It's her, it, she's a, a sizable reason for the amount of success that Georgia Tech had um, and baseball this year. Yeah. Um, I know wow. Jake has some personal reasons to dislike this, uh, and we can't I, necessarily disclose those. However, I stand by my pick. That's, that's a, good a pick. weird. Good that's pick. a weird way to put that, my guy. I, I can just say my sister's a corner infielder. Like that's that's not a, a problem. Um, no, I I don't know. I think uh, I I don't know. I, I don't want to. I don't want to budge. It's Jack, a good I pick. Think, it, it's a good say, pick. I, Matt, I think Matt, we're closer on Jenkins than either of us are to going for that, right? You, you, well, sure. Yeah, I think also because we watched more Jenkins, we've got the recency bias with Jenkins yeah. a little bit here too. Yeah. Um, but no, I do remember like Mallory Black last year not cutting it all away, and then yeah, no, the, I think in, yeah, most I think she absolutely probably. I think you guys are right. I I think you guys are right. I'm I've gotten there. She's the I, real pick. Go Actually, you, not even close, but maybe this one will be close. Let's talk about newbie of the year. Your nominees for Mr. Grand, Mr. Purdy, Chandler Dennis, Georgia Tech softball, Dina Strontmana of Georgia Tech women's basketball, Bianca Bertolino makes another appearance, Georgia Tech volleyball, Chandler Simpson, baseball, Kyrick McGowan, football, Paula Pimentel, volleyball, Kate Sharbura, women's tennis, and Auburn Dupree softball. Mr. Grant, we start with you. Give me your newbie of the year. It's Chandler Simpson. You saw how the team changed uh, with him on the shelf. Uh, he was the most uh, electric part uh, of a, uh, a Georgia Tech offense that could not be stopped. Um, he brought a dimension that I think was – uh, something we've talked about tech wanting to employ for a long time. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think that just the, the exceptional uh, level um, that, that he played at and, and just the clear ability to see the, what the team looked like without him. Is this recency bias? Yes. Do I think Chandler Dennis also deserves a shout out here? Yes. Um, I, I think it, I think it's Chandler Simpson. Mr. Purdy. If we had three Chandlers, we, we, we should have had a, a best Chandler award here as well, but we only had two. So, uh, no, I, no, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Chandler's. I mean, yeah, it's Simpson. Like it's not even close that man. I mean, yeah. He, so a leads D one in average. So that's something I want to know what he thinks when he's hitting, because I, I, I he just is so good. It's about serving it the other way. He wasn't hitting for dingers, but then also like just scored from second on routine fly balls. Like, I just this man is an animal everywhere. He's so freaking good. Um, just in terms of the exceptional e extra characteristics he have that he had this year, that that puts him over the top. McGowan not all the way getting there. Stroutman was at times great, but then also would just miss shots all badly sometimes. Uh, Bertolino getting I mean, was critical, but 
could have survived without her um, in some spots. Uh, and then Auburn Dupree, very good in the outfield, but also just still far more pieces around there. Chandler Simpson defined Chandler Simpson defined an offense where homers was the defining trait. It's it's a weird it's a weird little thing here that they had going on. So you know it's Simpson for me. So. I don't know how to tell both of you this, but I'm going to disagree with you yet again. I will say Chandler Simpson is a very close second for me. I think Jake brings up a really good point when you talk about how he brings a different dimension, right? Georgia Tech is not a team, even before this year, was not a team that really made a lot of use of the base paths. They didn't take those opportunities you saw Chandler Simpson come in and you knew that this was his MO from UAB, his time at UAB. He was going to come in. He was going to steal bases. He was going to make opposing catchers work for it and, and opposing pitchers. They're, he was going to put the fear of God in them around the base yeah. paths. And that's what he did, right? He gets on base. He steals bags. He, he scores runs. That's basically what he did. Um, and especially starting at the top of the lineup for a bunch of the year, right? That's a perfect way to start games get someone on base and start bringing him around regardless where it's with the long ball, regardless whether it's small ball and his consistency was something like something incredibly notable, right? Like he was, we, we talked a lot when Luke Waddell was on this roster that he was a hit machine. He would always hit a bloop single. You'd always put hit a dribbler into the infield. He'd plop one right in the, between the gaps. That's what Chandler Simpson did, but the added dimension with Simpson other than uh, compared to Waddell was that base running quality, right? That he could steal bags at will. Um, so, but again, I say all that with giving him a close second place. I still think number one here is Chandler Dennis. And we talked about her earlier in the segment with regards to softball being the most improved team. It is amazing what a, another quality arm will do for a program. You saw them improve on the mound or you saw them improve at the plate. We talked about Mallory Black in the last in the last bit, but you also it was just that little bit of defense, that little bit of not putting that many balls into play or as many balls into the play as they'd done in previous years helped them out tremendously. Or regardless of whether those balls were getting in play in soft or via soft contact, um, whether they were strikeouts, what have you, just having someone else that was trustworthy did wonders for this program, and that's why. I am convinced that Chandler Dennis and softball are, are the one here. That's good. Not to split another award, but I think we landed on two different things here. I think we landed on most outstanding newbie and most valuable newbie. Chandler Dennis, I would say absolutely is the most valuable in terms of what they brought overall, but in terms of outstanding performance, that might be where Chandler lines up. Wow, we that couldn't even it... pick our favorite Chandler newbie of the year. I know, I, I did it. Yeah, no, it's the Chandlers are just the newbie. They just, just don't even put a last name. Newbie of the year goes to Chandler. There you go. There we go. Uh, also, be- good benefit or a good point to bring up here. Chandler Dennis, I think, still has one, maybe two years of eligibility left. Chandler Simpson, I do believe, is done. He better get drafted. That man's got to yeah, get drafted. He absolutely should be drafted. Well, our we are down to our final award, most valuable athlete. For this one, we picked one for every sport and hope to generate some debate uh, and embrace that debate as we move forward to a winner. I will read out all the nominees and then we will discuss, gentlemen, women's basketball, Lorella Kubai, 
men's basketball, Michael DeVoe, uh, cross country track and field, Nicole Feagans, uh, men's swim and dive, Kaya Pampudis, women's swim and dive, Cameron Hidalgo, uh, baseball, Kevin Parada, softball, somehow we couldn't pick just one, Emma Kalf, Trisha Awald, and Blake Nelliman, take your pick. Uh, football, Jameer Gibbs, men's tennis, Andres Martin, women's tennis, Carol Lee, uh, men's golf, Christo Lemprecht, and volleyball, again, we couldn't pick just one, uh, Julia Bergman, Mariana Brambia, uh, Maddie McKissick, or Paula Pimentel. Mr. Purdy, you have the con first. Who is your pick for 21-22 Most Valuable Athlete? There is so much here to go through. And I think also we're not done seeing how this plays out. I think we could have different picks based on the post-tech realities of these athletes as well. Because, I mean, like, Kubai got drafted, but, like, Parada's going to get drafted. What does that say about his legacy? Uh, We'll see about Gibbs with Alabama this year in terms of, like, okay, if he's so good at Bama, what does that say about really how, how was, how important really was he here? Um, And so I think there's a lot of unanswered still with this, which is something Um, I, 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 let me go through the record setters here. Like the ones that like set legitimate school records that are going to hold probably for a while. Kubai's got the rebounding record. And I think she might have the minutes played. I don't know. Cause she got that extra year in there. Uh, Fegan's broke every record she could get her hand on for us. Uh, Pampudis got a couple records. Uh, Parada got the home run record, which is not nothing. Uh, and then I think I did. Awold has Bert, a walks did, record. It was the walks record. Did Bergman set a kill record at all? Do we, do we know if there was anything there? There might be. Probably. <laughs> I, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll chalk that one down as a probably. I think McKissick has a sets record. Oh, uh, yeah. The, she's got to have that. Yeah. Let me see if the volleyball media guide has been updated. Yet. All right. You check that. So I haven't actually picked someone. So I'll pick someone. It here. has okay. not. Sorry. Okay, so in terms of so there's there's the record setters and then okay how are you defining valuable because like there's also like the whole thing about like well Russell Westbrook got one when he got the triple double but was he really the most valuable who knows there's also the Peyton Manning there's also the Peyton Manning most valuable theory here of the season that Manning didn't play with the Colts and they went one and fifteen yes yeah there's a lot of things here so and so in in this in that sense it's like okay without Nicole Feagans is our track and field even worth talking about maybe not uh is yeah. men's basketball remotely good without devoe like yeah kind of uh the fact jameer gibbs was literally half our offensive output is something and is now going to be rb1 at bama like good god uh lamprecht also was really good for golf but we had a couple other guys down there um and vo- volleyball had had a supporting cast so i don't really want to bergman would be my pick there if there was one but i don't think i want to do that so I'm totally coming up. I'm totally deciding this on the spot. I think, oh God, it's hard to reward football with at all and give this to Gibbs because I think you have to win. You have to win. Winning matters here. So it's not Gibbs uh, that rules out DeVoe. I think that sadly rules out Fegans as well to some extent as well. Um, I think I'm going to have to give this to, oh, shoot, man. You're stalling. Yeah, I'm giving this to- I, I know I'm giving this to Kubai, not because I'm wearing the jersey on my back, but wow. I, wow. there is a leadership aspect that Kubai has that was critical to that team being successful. If Kubai was off the floor, women's basketball sucked. That's, that's just straight up. We were a bad team without her on the floor. She had she had two games where she was hurt last second, 
Uh, thankfully, late in game, actually, no one was doing the ACC tournament and she can't, she was just out for a while and we barely could scrape by, like just barely. Without her and her most on the floor, it, we were toast uh, unless we played a bad team and the ACC was great. So, yeah, I'm giving it to Kubai. I'm going to go second because I feel like Mr. Grant is going to have some very interesting opinions about the uh, about this list. I tipped my pick, I think, with the Peyton Manning thing. I, I think it's Gibbs. I, I think Gibbs has this one locked up. I understand what you mean, uh, Jack, when you say that winning has to matter. At the same time, you have to consider that the man was most of our offense and yep. left for the arguable best team in the country and will start. It is the prospective starter there. Yeah, that's that's um, the tension point. That's the tension point. Right, and and there's a quality to that. There's an unspoken quality to that. Well, nah, not even unspoken. It's a very well, well trodden path here in terms of the, in, exactly, in terms of the quality that that kind of evaluation brings, right? And I think it's him by, by a significant margin, right? Like th- this team is going to be different next year and they're going to have to find a way to replace a guy that they relied on, not just, for runs out of the backfield, but for catching balls out of the backfield and for doing things after the catch, right? He was making defenders miss. He was very light on his feet. Um, There's a moment from, I want to say it's from the 20, it might've been from the 2020 season um, that Jake and I were talking about uh, in a previous episode. I think it's from the Louisville game where you see, a um, where Gibbs hurdles a defender to score and you see this really awesome picture of Sims and Gibbs um, celebrating in the end zone together. And Jake made a really salient point that now becomes more and more salient by the day that that picture would define for better or for worse, the Collins era. Um, And that that's what I keep coming back to. Right. It's these guys were poised to be a very explosive, very exciting combination of Georgia Tech. And now half of that picture is gone. Yeah. Right. And I'm not trying to make I'm not I'm not trying to end this episode on a sad note. I just want to make sure that we understand what we you I know, want to re- make the point. The reality of it. Yeah. 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 It's the reality of it. It's like value. How you define player value is by how important they are to the team. And if you're at least that's how I define it. And if yep. you're saying that Jameer Gibbs was this centerpiece of a Jeff Collins recruiting class and the team and was and backed that sort of pedigree up with this production and has now taken those talents to Tuscaloosa, yeah, he's the most valuable player. He's the most valuable athlete. All right, left turn. <laughs> I don't think you're I don't think you're wrong there. I just like winning matters to me one thing and as much as i love watching jameer gibbs as much as he's a very talented athlete so does staying right like it, it means a lot to the program what kabai was able to do in, in five years at tech right it means a lot to the program what vegans was able to do in five years at tech it means a lot to the program what pampudis and hidalgo we're able to do at tech. Yes, Parada, go get your money. Mike DeVoe, four great years. You know, go get your money. Go go get that bread. 
He'll AWOL. get G League. AWOL four years, but you know, transferred in after freshman year at Kennesaw, like, like that. She led the team in in on base, in, in batting, in uh, you know, you know the the things that Emma Koff didn't lead in. Right? They they were great combo one another. Um, that that's a that's a tough one to split hairs on. Leon Martin, obviously. That's why we gave him three Andres, nominations. <laughs> Andres Martin is gonna is gonna go make money as a professional someday too. Like that's uh, that's an inevitable thing. Christo Lamprecht, uh, a, a man we don't again don't talk about enough on this podcast. Just the exceptional play, and then like y- you can't tell me that. And my first exposure to the rebirth of volleyball. Yes, I. I've been a volleyball stand since my first sporting event as a tech student was UGA game, uh, 2016, my freshman year. Um, so yes, been, been a fan of the program a long time, but like, uh, I know you, we, we discussed the, those four nominees, Brent Bia, um, just what she's meant to the program in opening. I mean, obviously coach Collier being from Recife, all that good stuff. Um, obviously there's a Brazil pipeline there, but like, like, showing that that was possible. And, you know, I <laughs> love Berkman, love McKissick, love Pimentel, like what she's meant to the program is just exceptional. Um, and with that, like, <laughs> maybe this is my, my swimming bias coming back to me, but Cameron Hidalgo finished top 25 at NCAAs by herself. Well, I, I, we got like four points. Uh, from oh my goodness, I'm I'm blanking on the name. Oh, shoot! I'm, I'm the butter Car- two hundred butterfly swimmer. I don't know. I know you're no, talking about no 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 no. It too. was um, was it Bradescu? Anyways, one of the other divers scored some points oh, on the platform. But like, even if you discard that, like it would it was a top thirty finish or something like that. This was not this year, but the year before. Like that is except. Am I also super biased because she was a mechanical engineer and really good at engineering? Yes, but also. Um, like that, just the, the exceptional top to bottom, uh, performance of what that meant to that, that team. Yes. But winning matters. And, and, and she won like uh, loved Nicole Fegans and her contributions to this program. Like <laughs> you don't get trophies for 30th place, but I, I don't think you can have a most valuable athlete with like if if you're the reason that the 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 most successful finish at NCAA's in program history happened that's high value so don't you hate it when the voters make uh, a seasonal award a career award don't you just hate it he's done the Heisman thing again he's done the Heisman thing again really is something here oh I'm getting called out I mean, really but at, at, at that rate too, my logic for Pupunis doesn't stand either because I would use the same thing and apply it to him because he and Ferraro were the guys. They were yeah. the guys that built that program. Fine. Your answer is quite admirable. I will admit you went off the beaten path and I will, I will give you credit for that. I don't think I'm right, but I'll die on the hill. We had three no, different no, no, I, here, which I think is, which I think is cool here. Like, I was winning and now you were winning in the past and, and, uh, actually it was <laughs> no, winning. Syndrome. <laughs> no winning, but, but, but like very valid, like, okay, what, 
like in just terms of like the the, the increase and in de- the volatility of what happens with and without an athlete. So it, right, it's I it, mean, there's like you said, there's current narrative, there's past narrative, and then there's the like sort of like the analytical perspective of yeah on yeah. off. I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to throw it for a loop. If we're going to combine all of these thoughts, right, that this year matters, it's not a career award, that winning matters, that it's not a congrats, you led a dumpster fire to, you know, a, a faucet or whatever. I think you go Bergman. Bergman, maybe I could see Cal for AWOL, but it's too close there. Or Bergman, Brambia, like the... It's gotta be. It's gotta be one of those. I just give this award to the entire volleyball team. Like no. I, I kill no, the yeah. award, kill yeah. the athlete bit. No. I, I'll give it to the entire volleyball. We team gave them team of the year. We gave them team of the year. We Stand did. No, we'll just morals. give them the same. We'll get. No rules are fake. Give, give them team <laughs> of the year twice. That makes no sense. It's uh, my. It's our podcast. I get to make the rules. We, we we ended the podcast by not awarding a player of the year. <laughs> we awarded three of them, to be fair. And then you tried to hold to three different sets of rules at the same time. No. I have my I have my secret award at the end here. Which All right, I, go for it. Here's how this is well, it's not really an award. This is with no explanation on a letter scale grade tech athletics right now. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I have so End many of season thoughts. grade. With no, no, thought, no don't explain. Don't just gut, have, feeling, gut feeling. Don't explain. Just gut I have feeling. So many thoughts, and all of them are written down in a five thousand word Google Doc that we haven't. You, all right, I'm just giving you my yet. letter now. B minus. Yeah, I, I was gonna go C and, and even C. C plus. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Okay, good. All right, C plus. We're, C plus. B-. We're all C in the same C+. ballpark. All right. Um, that day, that that I think that's good. I think that's good. Through all of this, without we our, our gut check was in a good range. Can I say a thing? Go for it. That I just realized. We didn't win an ACC championship this year. We did not. We did not. Uh, closest we came was golf. A putt away. Golf got close. Yep. Womp womp. All right. NBA finals <laughs> in one minute. We done here? My he knows where his so priorities cold. are. I got to say my, that. Mr. Grant. My quiche is so cold y'all it's 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 ice cold thank you i mean this is a at least an hour long episode mr grant do you have anything else for us before we head out do i i mean i could go no, you don't the, the mr outro. purdy do you have anything else for us before we head out i do not it was a good time recording though absolutely mr grant send us home take it away All right, everyone who listens to this podcast, you've now heard us do our end of the year awards. If something comes to mind throughout the year next year, please at us so we don't forget about the good stuff that happens in the fall because that was our biggest brainstorming problem. In the meantime, you can add us at FTRS blog on Twitter. Uh, You can comment, uh, like, subscribe, whatever gets this podcast into your feed. Um, you can find us on from the rumbleseat.com. Leave your comments, questions, suggestions, improvements. Um, yeah, off-season ideas. Anywhere, We're, we'd love to hear them. Uh, you can find me at jgrant98, Jack at Jack Nicholas and Akshay nowhere because he cannot be found. Um, that's a lie, but I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, with that, it's been a great ac- athletic and academic year. 
Uh, we'll be back for another one in the fall. We'll be here throughout the off season with off season content as well. Thank you and go Jackets. <laughs>